0: Hello.
1: How are you? I'm good. All good on your end? Sorry? All good on your end?
0: Everything is fine. Okay. So, how about you and your mental health?
1: My mental health is good.
0: (laughs) Strong. Strong. Strong.
1: Yes. Yes. So I'm glad you asked because it's National Mental Health Month. Oh, really? Amer- awareness, awareness. Not meaning that everybody goes out to the streets and celebrates mental health issues. No. Okay. Wusa, calm, down. be. Wusa. <laughs> <Woosa>. Wusa. <What's up? laughs> okay. So, how's your mental health?
0: Um, at the moment uh, for maybe for the first time in my life Mm -hmm. (laughs) it feels quite okay you know I feel so stable over the last maybe two years I've been quite stable which is for me is a new kind of place and feeling so that's nice yeah before I would go more up and down and feel sometimes more depressed or anxious or and now I feel quite stable different
1: so more grounded
0: yeah I get more grounded and um, also maybe very much doing what I like to do so and and, and I think there's also been some, some kind of I don't know, like a jumping consciousness. I'm not sure whether how it works or whether that's possible, but it feels like an upgrade. Like my system has gotten an upgrade and it was lifted. And now I feel more light overall.
1: Nice. And yes, it is possible.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And it's so since I think even since October this uh, last year, I've never felt so happy and light and content. Yeah. yeah, Without any fallbacks or hardly any, you know, maybe for a few hours, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I think that's part of the deal.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is part of the deal. Just every now and then having some setbacks. Yeah. But um, speaking of setbacks, what resources or tools did you have that um, help you to balance or stabilize again?
0: I think for me, most important um, are friends or, you know, people I can rely on. So I always reach out as soon as I feel not stable or anxious or even panic or very sad. I reach out and I try to sort of reach out to the light, to find someone who I know will listen to me and will have maybe some good advice and, you know, to be connected again with my heart and someone else. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I do. How about you? How stable are you? I think you're more like a stable kind of person. I'm
1: pretty stable. Overall. Overall. Yes um i have my ups and downs as well it's uh sometimes things get challenging and um, so i have my resources my tools uh community is huge i love reaching out it wasn't always the case and um, there are certain things that i don't talk to people about because don't feel comfortable talking to to them about it because i know that um Well, my belief is that there's going to be judgment um, or the inability to receive. Yeah. Uh, And there's a stigma attached to uh, mental health or, or going through problems, especially in minority communities or with men in general. I don't know if you find that to be the case in in Amsterdam or in Europe.
0: Yeah, I think well, I think men would usually find it harder to find people around to talk to. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I think even, you know, in more severe cases where I would say, well, maybe you should talk, talk to someone, uh-huh. find a therapist or a coach, then it's not really what they are going
1: to do. No. Right. I found over the years um that men tend to not want to share their problems in in a an environment like therapy or counseling or maybe coaching because the term coach is a little bit mm-hmm. different.
0: It's better. Yeah, it's it's more <laughs> it's well it's less mental.
1: <laughs> it's, less, it's less mental. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was younger, more general.
0: I I mean, it's more general. It's you can get a coach for your business. You can can get a coach for your your family life or your you know efficiency or anything. There's a coach for everything. So
1: (laughs) right, right. And the coaches um, are more accepted because of sports and and things like that. Oh yes, I had a coach when I was a kid okay, someone's just going to coach me on how to be a better person. Okay, yeah. 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 So it's easily, um, more easily accepted. Um, In certain communities, though, or cultures or ethnicities or races, there's only one person who can provide counsel or counseling. It's usually the the priest or the pastor or somebody from the church, um, synagogue who can listen to your problems and give you advice based on, I don't know, I guess the written word or, or hmm. principles or rules. I don't know, what, what do you think?
0: I was wondering maybe, it, I mean, from the more indigenous culture she would say, I guess, that, that those would be the elders and the, and the wise people so I would like to, to have elders and wise people to turn to, but you know, in my culture, <laughs> I don't really find them. And it's really, they, uh, they, there's a lack of elders and wise people at least in, in those
1: roles. So
0: I wouldn't know where to go to maybe. No. Yeah.
1: Okay, that makes sense. But well, I don't know a whole lot of the history of um, people from the Netherlands, where they come from, where you come from, what your traditions and beliefs are. You notice how I'm getting deeper with my voice, so I'm not <laughs> steady. <Okay. laughs> you want to modulate your voice yeah. for this moment. Yes. <laughs> 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 yeah go on <laughs> <laughs> so the old attachment or a stigma about psychotherapy is the way that uh psychoanalytic or psychodynamic therapists would do it like freud would have people sitting on a sofa or couch and he would be in the chair with um, his back facing um, the client and the client would lie down I'm sorry the patient because it was more of a medical model so if you had a mental illness that was considered a sickness yeah okay. yeah so they would often do uh, depending on what the issue was a lobotomy so drilling into the brain relieving some pressure that was imaginary or not imaginary I don't Yeah. I wasn't there <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, or in women, they would do a, like a uh, heris, what's Hyster- the word?
1: hysterectomy.
0: Hysterectomy. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. So to relieve those women of all their emotions and their, you know, their fears, feelings, and everything. But I think they are only human, or maybe feminine, and <laughs> but they couldn't really deal with that. Those in those days, <laughs> still, but.
1: Yes. How can you imagine um, a woman being sexual and wanting to have sex? And you say, oh, well, we have to give her hysterectomy because she's got the devil in her. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's terrible. So that's our history, you know, (laughs) That's how we treat it, you know, whatever kind of. Maybe imbalance in the system. I mean, it's not even imbalance, maybe, maybe it's just human and, and very normal, but there was no space for it in those days. So right. then you get imbalanced, but I think society is more. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then there's this, the belief that only rich people or rich white people go to therapy because they like to put their business out there in the streets. As oh, a- really?
0: <laughs> do we do that? <laughs>
1: well, that's a, an American thing. A U.S. I don't know, what is it like in Europe?
0: I'm not sure. You know, I've, I've done so much therapy over the years But it has not been like the traditional therapy, more like the energetic therapy or, you know, um, shamanic work, or there's so many kinds of work you can do. But what I find important is that there's always an energetic component to it, that it's not just talk therapy. Because here in the West, we are really great at analyzing. So at a certain point, you're, you have analyzed everything that's been going on in your life, and then you know the answer, but the, sti- the feeling is still there. So, um, I, I think a lot of people are not really um, happy when they go to therapy because, in the end, it doesn't really work. I mean, not to. <laughs> Not to dismiss all the therapists. I mean, there are great therapists, of course, Mm -hmm. but still there needs to be, I guess, for me, and I think for more people, but that's not in the social construction where you can go to a therapist and get also energetic counseling or whatever, you know, you have to go if if you if you have a insurance that pays for it you have to go to talk therapy or more like the tradition traditional forms which do not really suit everybody because it's not really connected to the body and the and the energy field
1: right. i will say that i am not a big um, proponent of um, talk therapy i believe that you have to have an integrative modality or style. And I also believe that it's about the um, therapist. Yeah, it is. More than anything. Yeah. So um, I had, when I first started therapy years ago, it was, I was going through a difficult time with my then partner. Um, And I was going through an adjustment period I was ready to leave the relationship. She had just been diagnosed with um, bipolar disorder. Well, not just. She had been diagnosed with manic depressive disorder when she was uh, a teenager. And at some point, they changed the name to bipolar disorder. So some things had come up in our relationship. We went to a talk therapist because I said I, I had enough. And the talk therapist listened, diagnosed her again with bipolar disorder, Um, suggested that she go on medication. She went on to medication for maybe a week. But the thing about medication for for anxiety, Mm -hmm. uh, depression, and, and bipolar disorder, it takes a while to start to work. So as soon as she started to feel that stabilization, she said, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not going to do therapy. I um, just want to be normal. And for me, this is before my um, spiritual awakening, quote unquote. Uh, That was enough. I couldn't deal. And it was already a really hard relationship because of her parents being racist, by the way. She she was um, white. Parents were very racist. Didn't agree with our relationship until, ironically, around that time. Their belief is if we made it to three years, <laughs> that they would accept us. Now we were high school sweethearts. Okay, so we have been more than three years together. But if we made it to three years, then that meant. Going to work, and I thought, how ridiculous is that?
0: <laughs> what happens after three years? Then you're suddenly white, or what happens? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> it was. They were running out of excuses because everybody else in their family had accepted me and accepted their relation, our relationship. And they were the lone holdout. So they looked into statistics. Statistics say that if a marriage gets to three years, it's going to survive. I was like, first of all, fuck you. <laughs> and whatever. So anyway, literally on the third year anniversary, the phone rings. We didn't really have a lot of cell phones at that time. you know. <laughs> so it was still a house phone. I pick up the house phone and... My former mother-in-law uh, says in her best West Virginia accent, I see you made it to three years. <laughs> so I just took the phone and gave it to my, um, my then wife. So, oh my God, I can't deal with this. Okay. So because that relationship was ending, I went into therapy, and I discovered a lot about myself, and just, you know, had to go through insurance, so there was a time limit on um, how long we could be together, and also a time, I think it was maybe 12 sessions, and I was put on uh, a medication um, at the time, and they talked about all of the side effects, possible side effects, blah, blah, blah. I, mean, I hated it. I thought it was, you know, ridiculous. Uh, but I did. It did not work for me. So, because what they thought I had was not, you know, it was adjustment disorder. They wanted to say that I was going through a hard time. Any normal person who was going through racism Um, would be depressed that's coming from people who were white and they were coming from their way of thinking for um, a black man or maybe someone who's black or a person of color we deal with this all the time so that wasn't really new and that wasn't the case it wasn't what i needed the talk therapy at the time was great gave me a lot of insights so the medication did not last Decide it wasn't needed, and mm. I found other ways of uh, other resources and other ways of dealing mm. with the uh, with the adjustment stuff.
0: Yeah. So, what is your view on medication?
1: I'm okay. So, I will say Nash. I really am into Nash natural plant type medicines. I believe that. Um, we don't know enough. And there's a lot of side effects to pharmaceutical-grade medicines. Okay? Like Zoloft and Xanax and people become, can become addicted to these different medications. But if there's no alternative and a person is in a really um, bad place, I believe that it can be beneficial. I'm not a big advocate of it. People self-medicate using um, alcohol and other recreational drugs because there's an imbalance in the brain. So I'm torn. Hmm. I'm torn because I can see the benefits for some people. Overall, I'm not a big advocate for medication. I think there's so much more going on diet, nutrition, physical activity, things like that, that can, we can work with energetics, energetic healing. Um, And we know a lot more than back in the um, nineties. We know a lot more now about chemistry and meridians and chakras and energy fields. I don't know. What about you?
0: I think, um, well, they are, often prescribed too quickly because we are not really able anymore to deal with depression and there's not a lot lot of time also often for people to talk to their physicians or you know to to get some attention and to get some someone to listen to really deeply listen to whatever is going on so basically that's what we need we need another one who is bearing witness, (laughs) who's being there, and just open to our stories, and and feel the connection that you're not separated. Mm -hmm. So that's something that will, that medication will never give you. On the other hand, if you really suffer from panic attacks, or, you know, really severe kind of disorders, sometimes you need, I think for for a period of time maybe to, to bridge the gap between, you know, between really this feeling of I wanna die and to be able to start to live again, to feel again that you, that you wanna be here and live and make something of your life. Right. And sometimes it's, you know, it can be so dark that you really need something to help you bridge this gap. Right. But at the same time, if it's so dark, I really do believe I've never taken any medication and I've been going deep. So I don't think it, it's needed. You know, maybe I'm, I'm not sure because I'm also capable of doing it. You know, I'm not sure about other people. If they are have the same strength maybe or the same resources or the same light at the same time to to be able to do it so there's no judgment on it for my part but but I think people are so strong we are so strong and and there are such a big gift also in going through these deep emotional states of and, and those black nights of the soul uh-huh. that if you come out on the other end, you've really grown and you've really gained a lot of strength. So if you don't need to, don't do it.
1: <laughs> what I would say is I agree with um, the fact that human beings are resilient. I believe yeah. that um, medications are prescribed too quickly. Uh-huh. I believe that um, we have the ability to heal from and everything. Um, we're overly stimulated. We have so many things going on. We have you know, social media. We have television. We have movies. We have friends and what their problems are. And we're mm-hmm. flooded. And we don't have a. We don't get a chance to integrate. Yeah. A lot. yeah so, I, I had an addiction when I was a kid. That addiction was to soap operas.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, you're smiling. So, uh-huh. So, <laughs> so my friends and I, there were two soap operas that we would watch. Days of Our Lives. I don't know if you have these.
0: Uh, probably, but we don't have didn't have any television as, as kids. But, you know, that oh. was me and my sister, but the rest of
1: the world did. But we didn't. Right. So, my friends and I would talk about, well, it was a really cool way to meet girls, if you were a guy, right? Um, um, so we would watch the soap operas that the girls in our class would watch. So Days of Our Lives, General Hospital. I can't think of anything else right now. But we needed to know what was going on. So we have a conversation at school the next day with our classmates. And at some point, you know, during the summer, there's no school. You would sit there. My buddy would call me, Hey, are you watching? <laughs> yes, I'm about to turn it on. Oh my God, I feel like punching so and so. Me too. Oh my gosh. So and so is so hot. She's gorgeous. Oh. And you fantasize. And these are like your first girlfriends, fantasy girlfriends, of course, um, or boyfriends. Um, and, you know, it takes us out of whatever's going on in, in our reality. And puts us in a different reality so that was my escape watching other people go through being possessed by demons that was on um, days yeah. of our lives <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. so we had an outlet um, and that in that way we could talk about something to make our lives seem a lot less stressful for mm. so, so that hour or an hour and a half we could escape yeah yeah so i don't know how first of all does that sound strange <laughs> and secondly it's really weird <laughs>
0: <laughs> i don't know i guess a lot of people do that you know i i i do that now i mean sometimes you know yeah, really, these series that give you a lot of positive vibes. So, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah.
1: Like what?
0: Now I'm watching the bold type, but you know we have like different series here in in the Netherlands than than you have over there. But it's about a lot of minne- uh, millennials.
1: <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Nice things. I'm way too old to watch it, I guess, but I like it. It's very positive.
1: (laughs) It's very positive. I I watch anime. I don't think he can be too old. (laughs) But some of the um, major mental health issues that come up uh, for kids are ADHD, attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder. Where they're putting kids on medication yeah. first grade, kindergarten, because they can't sit still.
0: Yeah.
1: Now you're asking a five or six year old to sit still all day. Yeah. And pay attention. When in psychotherapy we understand that a child's attention span is very short. Yeah. And little boys have a hard time, and girls have a hard time sitting still for 50 minutes at a time. Um, Some programs are geared towards children's learning, so they let them stand up and move around, and they don't have to sit there and focus and be quote-unquote good. They allow them to follow their natural instinct, Yeah, I like that. Yeah,
0: I think that works. Right. Yeah, me too. My my girl is very energetic. You know, she's always playing and dancing and running, and she never sits still. And I I let her, and sometimes it's really annoying. I think S- sit down, eat your plate, <laughs> finish it, and but she cannot sit still. I mean, it's it's really hard for her not to move, right? Because she has a lot of energy. So when her tutor comes, she is allowed to, you know, first study and then to, well, jump, jump around. <laughs> and then afterwards, she can sit down again and, and, and learn. But in school, she's not allowed and she really hates it. She really hates it. So, um, yeah, I can really imagine that a lot of children feel the pressure of this system, this school system yeah 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 and and we all do i guess it's it's we live in such a stressful world how can we not be stressed out you really need to be a like a zen master to be (laughs) able to live in this world and and
1: stay sane i guess probably i don't know about the zen part but yes (laughs) um the zen masters they don't get to live life either they don't get to have sex no, that's that's yeah. a missing piece. I think that's as important.
0: Well, that's only the image, you know. I mean, Zen masters do have sex, and they do, you know. <laughs> the, you know, you know, all the stories about you know the gurus who are abusing all their you know, female students. I mean, it's <laughs> it's really not true.
1: I know. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> That's a whole nother topic that's very frustrating. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so, but we're going off topic,
1: I guess. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So the other um, more common mental health challenges, depression, anxiety, (laughs) um, post-traumatic stress syndrome, uh, abuse, emotional, mental, physical abuse. What else would you classify or put in there?
0: I don't know. You know, it's it's, for me, it's such more like we all can suffer from all these mental health issues during our lives. But because there's such a stigma, it's not normal to have that. But I think it's not even a mental health issue. It's just, you know, part of life that you get instable and unstable and unstable. And because your brain also, you know, <laughs> needs time to adapt and then you, you go through a process and you're growing and yeah, of course you're unstable or depressed or, you know, your, your system is contracted. And, and you're learning, so, but do we need to call everything mental health issues? <laughs> I think a lot of those issues are, are normal, but we have, we have forgotten how to deal with it or to stay with it or, you know, to give it some time to, to surface, maybe, and then to disappear again.
1: I agree. I think that, um, again, we're overly stimulated by so many um, technological things, advances. And I think that's great. Um, Recently, I heard that Elon Musk came out and said that he was on the autism spectrum. He specifically said, uh, uh, I'm paraphrasing, that he has Asperger's disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, Brilliant. Oh, yeah, man, obviously. Um, he lacks a lot of emotion. Yeah. Okay. Um, and when he said that, a lot of people got pissed off.
0: Oh, really? Why?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, because, one, he used an, what they call a um, antiquated um, term. So Asperger's it's an old term that was used back in the dsm four. okay so now they say um, autism spectrum Mm. because it's a spectrum Um, so people who uh, want to change don't like that term Mm. others are fine with it because that's the term that they grew up with that's the term that they are fine with and a lot of people also believe that he was just saying that he was saying those things in order to uh, excuse whatever's going on with Bitcoin and mm-hmm. stocks and things like that, where he goes in, he's out, whatever. I don't know. I think it took a lot of courage for him to say that he had this mental challenge. He had this this challenge. And it also isn't, to me, it's inspirational. Yeah. Okay. If he has something, uh, the label, and he's comfortable with that label, and he's as successful as he is, it inspires other people who may feel mm-hmm. they're on the spectrum or maybe on the spectrum.
0: Yeah.
1: So whether you know you like him or not, I don't know him, so I don't really get invested in it. It took a lot of courage to come out and say that. Yeah. Um, so that's where I am with. Labels. I think that it's important to understand if a person is going through something, if they don't have friends, if they can't keep a um, stable employment, if they're Mm -hmm. not able to get out of bed, if they're not functioning um, well, then to look into what's going on underneath is important. And if there's a label, it gives a person a sense of relief. Mm -hmm. Goodness, there's something. Okay, so that means that I can get help.
0: Yeah, but I also feel that a label also prevents a lot of people from growing beyond that.
1: I agree with that. And that's the other side of that is then people can use that as a crutch.
0: Yeah. So because I, you know, uh, I've never gone to a doctor, so I've never gotten any labels. But I think I could have had one. (laughs) multiple. (laughs) But I didn't. So I just I, and I assume that you can heal everything, you know, and, and maybe that's not true. Maybe, you know, that's my just belief. (laughs) I hope not. But I think you can heal everything. So and as soon as you get a label, and especially from a traditional physician, and you are prescribed medicine for this condition, then you are, don't look for a different to heal it and to find your medicine. Because I think in every illness, there's also the medicine is included in the, in the body or in the wisdom or in the heart. And, and, and it's your, maybe your task to find it.
1: That's how I think too. I'm more of a strength-based therapist or counselor. I believe that everybody has a solution. Everybody has the resources. Once you have the insight, then it becomes a choice. Yeah. Okay. And if one chooses to stay where they are, okay, that's Mm -hmm. fine. If one chooses to move beyond where they are, great. Yeah. Um, to, I, I believe in, in strength-based uh, yeah. modalities more than anything
0: else. Yeah, and also I think that especially medication will also I mean just you have to use it inside I mean I want to stress that too, that you have to use it in some cases to to move beyond your despair maybe. But it can also in the end more like, it will affect your energy field. So it will maybe flatten your field or maybe stagnate your energy more. So over a longer period of time it will, or it, it can be not helpful. Not helpful,
1: yeah. Again, for me, I'm not for or against. I don't personally, yeah. I would- personally use it or prescribe anything i can't prescribe because i'm not a physician Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot to be said for those people who have gone throughout their lives and something has been missing they get on medication and their Mm -hmm. lives change
0: yeah i know that too yeah yeah i've heard also people who said i've you know if i knew this only you know like 20 years ago, my life would have been so much more easy. Yeah, especially with um, ADHD. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um,
1: so the other way that I approach it is I, I went through um, evolutionary psychology. Okay. And with evolutionary psychology, we're looking at the different jobs that people mm-hmm. had. So imagine if a person has OCD okay, and they're constantly checking the front door to make sure that the front door is locked or if they're constantly um, walking around the house or the perimeter of the house to make sure that it's safe. In the old days, before all of technology when people lived in villages, what might that job be for that person? The guard? The guard, yes. Yes. Yeah, they would be a great guard. Okay, and I think that that's beautiful to look at the possibilities. A person who has ADHD, they would also be great guards because the slightest noise is going to get their attention. Okay, now would I want them out there with another person who has ADHD, probably not. Maybe to balance it ADHD with OCD, one person's gonna double check everything, triple check. The other person is gonna be listening and, and, and waiting for something. Or they could be the hunters, okay? Hunters and gatherers, they'll get things done. So when I think about what we had to endure back before, um, technological advances there was a reason for these quote-unquote mental health challenges or issues there was a job there was a reason for us to be ungrounded at times okay to look out for wild animals or or Mm. an enemy yeah what do you think how does that feel is that deep (laughs) that you like that yes i do (laughs) no i
0: was also thinking of uh, this article what do shamans do in a mental health hospital you know it it can also be like if you have a mental health condition Mm -hmm. like psychosis or something it could also be a spiritual awakening you know (laughs) so we but because we are so uh, accustomed to to treat these people with medicine they are not growing into the shamans they could be you know we we have really not found a way to be dealing with people extra um with, with their extra i don't know how you say it but their perception outside of the ordinary uh-huh. so you know people who can see beside of the ordinary or or have stronger visions maybe if they are not taken seriously they could be diagnosed as having a mental health issue but maybe they're just seers and they need to learn how to work with it you know they need to find people who can really understand what they're going through. Maybe it's an initiation. I mean, I don't think that's the case for everybody, but that's also a possibility.
1: So I agree with you. I don't want to get into trouble with people who um, really know the Bible or the um, good books. So I do know that um, I believe that Joseph was the person who had the dreams, Jacob's son, yes. And, and don't look at me. He 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 had prophecy. He could interpret yeah. dreams. And yeah. he was a dreamer. His brothers were yeah. the ones who worked as farmers and hunters and gatherers and things like that. Mm-hmm. But he was the one that they said, oh, he wouldn't amount to anything. Uh, yeah. uh, he probably pro- today he would probably be diagnosed with ADHD. Yeah. Uh, hyper not hyperactive but he's the one who would daydream. He's the one who would be getting information from his guides and then he could interpret other people's dreams and things like that.
0: Yeah, so the the healer of the community
1: The the healer of the community, the wise person of the community.
0: Yeah.
1: So I agree with you, I've always thought that about how we can label so many people when you could just ask, hey, what are you jamming about?
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: There's so much there. There's so much information that they're processing. So I agree with that. I think that um, we're so quick as a society to want to fix something. Yeah. That we don't spend enough time with the person or the people or the group of people. Yeah. To get to know who they are and what they're what their way of processing.
0: Is. Yeah, also a lot of, you know, children are so sensitive to, uh, these days, so we don't know, really know how to deal with all these kids that have such a energetic consciousness, because we still live in an old paradigm where energy doesn't exist or is not for real. Right. And then they start to see and to feel and to experience all these different kind of things and Yeah, I think we should really, you know, educate them more, take them seriously, or, you know, be empathic about their experience before, well, diagnosing with any disorder. I think a lot of things that are called disorders are also talents, and could be developed into something beautiful.
1: Yes. So I I also want to make sure that people understand that I'm not minimizing or we're not minimizing uh, sex trafficking or domestic abuse or any type of violence or people who are starving uh, have no food. I mean, there's, there's so much that goes on in the world and taking a time. I remember the reason I'm saying this is now I'm feeling a little bit, um, emotional. There was, um, a seventh grade girl when I was interning at one of the middle schools in Miami who would go into the teacher's lounge every morning, go through the refrigerator. And she got caught a couple of times and rather than communicating with they um, suspended her. Yeah. So she had to stay um, home uh, rather than finding out that she had no food. She was yeah. hungry.
0: Yeah, that's really sad. Yeah.
1: And so I saw a lot of that um, as a mentor and as a therapist yeah. or counselor in training. Yeah. When, when we would talk to the kids. I would um, find out that they didn't have a lot to eat. So I would take protein bars, my protein bars, to school you know, every time I was there, which was, I think, two days a week. And so they got used to saying, hey, Mr. H, uh, <laughs> do you have any of those bars? Uh, I ordered some, not. I, I would really feel horrible when I didn't have them. Yeah. yeah, I, I would carry them with me. And I knew that they didn't have a lot of food. A kid is starving. How the hell can that child learn? Yeah. How can they sit still?
0: Yeah.
1: How can they pay attention? Yeah. So rather than labeling, let's talk, let's communicate. Yeah. I, you know, that's my passion, communication. Yeah. So, are you feeling better or worse? <laughs> Before. <laughs> Before.
0: <laughs> no, I feel better. <laughs> I feel better. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yes. So, yeah, I'd like to talk about this more in future um, episodes. Maybe we can have some experts come in and talk about their ways of dealing with depression yeah how we can get a move away from the
0: labels yeah what
1: do you think
0: yeah I would like that because I from my experience I mean and that's only my experience but I also know there's so much strength inside that you can but you you need some you know some base maybe where you can grow from. So I know that that's not for everybody the case. But, and I do believe in healing and strength and inner wisdom. So if we can really follow our inner wisdom and trust our inner, I don't know, guidance, mm-hmm. then we might be better off than turning to, you know, whatever outside authority that knows best for us so yeah yeah. but and at the same time we need help yeah we need help because these places can be very dark and lonely yeah
1: that's true dark and lonely been there
0: yeah me too (laughs) several
1: times yeah 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 so always a pleasure i hope that um Listeners get that it's okay to go through whatever you go through, and yeah. it's also okay to go see a therapist, a therapist, yeah. coach, supervisor, yeah, counselor. Yeah,
0: at least reach out and and share.
1: And if people aren't listening, find somebody else. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: The truth needs a witness.
0: Yes, and you deserve. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Hmm.
1: So, always a pleasure. Yeah.
0: See, <laughs> See you soon. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Bye bye.